Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Yeah, um, they really are. Like I said, just came from that workout that we had out on the field tonight, and everybody was good. Even Ja'Kai Moore, who was limited and really didn't do anything in spring practice, he was out there running around tonight and, and looked uh, fantastic as well. So uh, we've been healthy this summer. Everybody that was out there in spring practice is back. And uh, knock on wood, let's just keep everybody healthy going into practice in the preseason. You know. On the subject of offensive linemen, Ja'Kai Moore, or, I mean, uh, Justin Turnstein posted a picture on Twitter like last week where he looked a lot slimmer than he did last year. Yeah. Can you speak to maybe what he's done to kind of transform himself? Yeah, I think credit Kristen and Kristen Cognitive Nutrition and Luke Day and, and their staff and, and what they've, you know, done. Obviously, we've got fantastic personnel over there at our place and nutrition and in the weight room, and they've really worked with Jazz and all of our guys and, and then the assistant coaches about, you know, holding their guys accountable, you know, from that standpoint as well. But he's worked really hard and, and super, super, super talented, and he, along with a lot of our guys, is certainly – um, have certainly changed their bodies around in, in, a, uh, in a good way since we got here as well. And what's up? GC Live here Wednesday episode. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. That, of course, South Carolina head football coach Shane Beamer speaking on Monday at Williams-Brice Stadium, the first of the sort of restart of the Welcome Home Tour. They took a quick break in June, um, got back active with that. Beamer actually speaking twice today. I, I believe he's already spoken once. Have a couple of notes from Colin Taylor on that, but that video was from Monday at Williams-Brice Stadium. If you want to see the entire video, go to youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. You can see it on there. And this show is, of course, as always, brought to you by our good buddy Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. He's the branch manager right here in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, his NMLS number is 71597. See Hammond at mortgagenetwork.com is how you can email him or give him a call, 803-771-6933. We certainly appreciate Clint. Not only a big supporter of the Gamecocks, but a huge supporter and reader on GamecocksCentral.com. And a great time to refinance and uh, and maybe get yourself a little bit lower monthly payment. In some cases, Chris, a much lower monthly payment. So give Clint a shout. He's our guy and he's our presenting sponsor. Uh, Chris, again, no shortage of things to get to. We are going to start getting to our roster breakdown. We had so much talk with realignment on Monday. We teased some quarterback talk at the beginning and then we never even got to it. So we'll definitely get to that. We may get into some other positions as well, just depending on our our time window that we usually try to stick to. But, uh, again, like I said, man, Welcome Home Tour gets going again. Beamer speaking on Monday. Beamer speaking twice today. Beamer speaking tomorrow in Charleston. And, uh, dude, you know, you're not going to get a ton of information from these things. Um, but you do get some little updates here and there. We find out for sure that South Carolina will, rec- will report on August 5th. They start camp on August 6th. And um, Beamer saying, look, ev- going into camp, everybody healthy. Um, reporting from Colin Taylor earlier today, Beamer reiterated that Marshawn Lloyd is not only full go, but um, basically 100% going into camp. That's something we sort of knew, but um, certainly in terms of, his health, not not ever a bad thing that, that Beamer reiterated that today. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so much intrigue last year around Marshawn Lloyd before he unfortunately sustained that preseason injury. Obviously, Kevin Harris had a huge year last year for the Gamecocks at running back. But remember, Kevin Harris was more of a – I don't want to – this is going to sound insulting. He, he was a little bit more of a, a footnote or afterthought to Marshawn Lloyd because of the hype level – and not only the hype level because Marshawn was a five-star, but because we heard as soon as he stepped on campus how impressive this guy was in practice. And so 
He gets put on the shelf, unfortunately, with the ACL injury. Kevin Harris does an outstanding job, has a great year. Now South Carolina enters the year with, you know, a Kevin Harris on the roster. Also Marshawn Lloyd, who's now fully healthy. People really raring to see him go, raring to see him, you know, actually get his first carry as a Gamecock. He's already a guy that, shoot, he's been talked about as much as, as any guy I can recall who's never played a snap in a Gamecock uniform. And he has a lot of natural talent. And on top of him, you know, Zaquandre White, Rashad Amos. You know, there's there's several guys on this roster at running back that can really help, starting with those kind of top two. And Zaquandre White has has kind of been the forgotten man, but was able to really establish his mark in the spring because those other two guys, you know, were still on the shelf. But lots of uh lots of talk about Marshawn Lloyd. Great news that he's continued to do well. Outstanding kid, great work ethic. And uh, I'm looking forward just as much as everyone else is from a media standpoint to, to seeing him going this year. Yeah, no doubt, man. And we'll, um, we'll, we'll get into a, an in-depth running back breakdown probably very soon. But I, I'll say this while we're on the topic of Marshawn. Um, I, I think there's a good problem to have in the South Carolina backfield with those guys because, you know, Kevin Harris was, was banged up quite a bit in the spring. Obviously, um, Marshawn – was pretty much held out for most of the spring as he was getting back to 100%. He's been full go pretty much all summer, which puts him in a position where, you know, he, he's coming off the injury, but he does not he does not have any wear and tear as far as uh, being a college running back. And there, there's going to be a lot of excitement for this kid. And I, I firmly expect um, as good as Kevin Harris is and has been, and he's, he's starting to get – I think a little bit of um, the notoriety that he earned last year, he's actually starting to get it going into this year with some of the preseason stuff. But I, I firmly believe Marshawn Lloyd is good enough to to push uh, the issue there as far as playing time, as far as carries go. I, I, I think this will be a true um, rotation at that position with – you know, I, I think, like you said, Zaquandre, as long as he can hold on to the football, which that's been a big focus for him, you, you've got some guys when you look at maybe some unknowns at other positions, I I think South Carolina will, will ride will ride their guys at, at running back, and, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the strength of this football team offensively, and, and when we say strengths, I don't want people to – go back in October and November if the team hasn't performed very well in offense and and bring up this show and say, Chris said that the running backs or the so-and-so is going to be the strength of this team, so that means they should be really good as an offense. When we say strengths, that can be a relative term. So when you look at kind of – if you're ranking them, you know, running backs, receivers slash tight ends, if we want to loop them together, quarterback and offensive line. Those, those are your units on offense. So you kind of look at it. And take away the big picture and say, what's the best unit on this on this offense? I think you'd have to pick running back and then probably offensive line, right? Because everything else is relatively unproven. Um, so running back, you know, you do have a, a good stable of guys there. You've got a guy that's done it in Kevin Harris. You've got a guy with a lot of natural talent, who's one of the best recruits in the country at any position, and Marshawn Lloyd. And then you've got Zaquandre White, who obviously has talent as well, and some other youngsters behind him. So, uh, you know, intriguing group. Uh, and when another thing, you know, I mean, Shane Beamer has said this before. When they kind of went through the roster and, and, and you, you know, you look at who your best guys are, you look at, you know, a guy like Jaheim Bell, for instance, at tight end. I mean, that's one of your top offensive players. Um, and so you find a role for him. So this is a team that's going to have some question marks, particularly receiver. Um, you got to lean on your more proven commodities and your your better positions, and so it's about finding ways matchup wise to get those guys involved. Yeah, man, and uh, we 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 got the the hot takes firing here already in in the comments. Uh, Aaron saying Omega Blake starts by week four. Um, if if you make that call and you're right, Aaron, we we will. I'll throw you something for free. Uh, if, if by week four that happens. I um I think that's a that's a difficult ask for a freshman. 
there there are receivers on this roster, man. There's it's not like DB where this was one of those situations coming in where we were looking looking at it saying that you know DB they've got to just go get some some guys who can play. You know this the end of last year with transfers plus um, guys going to the league, the position is decimated. At receiver, there are numbers. It's just like it's it's about can guys step up and, and take snaps and, and then take advantage of their snaps. So I don't really know about that. But, hey, I that's the, that's what the preseason's for. If if Aaron is right, then, uh, then yeah, that, that would be a great call. Um, Reed saying, how can people sleep on us? We have three or four players now on watch list for awards for the upcoming season. See, unfortunately, though, Reed, most of the teams South Carolina is going to play have just as many or more players, I would imagine, on these same watch lists. So three or four, it's just like you look the last few years, South Carolina has had draft picks. You know, you look, J.C. Horn was the first defensive player drafted. Javon Kinlaw was a first-round draft pick. Um, You look back, Brian Edwards was a draft pick. Uh, Shai Smith this past year, I mean, Ernest Jones was there. Have been players coming through here. It's not that South Carolina has not put players in the league. To me, Chris, it's about having more of those players, more difference makers, and then having depth on top of that. When you play in this league, you're sort of you're graded on a. I don't want to say you're graded on a scale, but basically, you may have you three to four players on the watch list may be more than the other like teams outside of the SEC. But the teams you're playing all all have difference makers like that. So I South Carolina will be slept on going into this year. There aren't going to be high expectations for this South Carolina team. And frankly, there shouldn't be these crazy high expectations until they go do it on the field. And if I'm Shane Beamer, I actually want it that way. Because you use that to your advantage um, with your team when you're sort of trying to build them up internally and push all the right buttons internally. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you want it that way. You want to kind of – the ideal situation is to is to have it, a deal this season where you kind of – the expectations are lower and you kind of outperform them or you over-deliver. Um, that's what you want. Now, everybody's going to have different expectations, but on the whole, whether it's the fan base, the media, kind of the the national or regional perspective on South Carolina, I don't think there's anybody out there, and I could be wrong, I haven't seen it, uh, who's saying, you know, South Carolina, they should really probably win 10 games this year based on, you know, I, I haven't seen that, and I really don't think anybody rational is coming out thinking that. I think people have below that line you've got some different takes of what may happen or what should happen but you do want those expectations lower and you're right it's a good point and that's not to about the watch list not to diminish any of these accomplishments for any of these players but right now you know you take like the ray guy watch list for instance it's, it's a big list you know it's not semi-finalists it's not finalists it's not the winner it's a really big list these watch lists that come out preseason are very very large a guy like J.J. and Ibarre being on a watch list, he's going to have a chance, right? I mean, this guy is maybe a top two-round draft pick. He had a really good season last year. He's an NFL guy. He's He's got a chance. Kai Kroger being on the Ray Guy, you know, watch list, a little bit different because Kroger, he has a lot of potential. He's a young player. He's shown some good things, but he's also a sophomore. I mean, he's relatively unproven, right? But he does have some talent, so you make that watch list. So, Two points there being, you know, like you said, Wes, a lot of people on watch lists now, especially in the SEC or against Clemson. You know, I'm sure they've got tons of watch list guys on their roster. So you got that factor. Um, and then you got the fact that a lot of these watch lists right now are, are pretty, pretty big. So it, it's about having, like you said, Wes, depth and a lot of those difference makers. That's the kind of guys, you know, that you need. And that's what South Carolina is going to have to continue working on in terms of uh, on the recruiting trail. Yeah, and, you know, I would say this, man. These organizations, they're incentivized to have a big watch list because, A, yep. they, 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 don't want, they don't want to have to hear 
well, why why isn't Jimmy Brown on the watch list for the tight end award this year? But also, the more guys are on a watch list, the more it gets sent out as a release to every single school of a guy that you have. And that gets taken that gets sent out to every single fan base and it gives your your award some promotion there. So the bigger the better I think as far as the watch list goes on their end. And I you know a lot of those awards probably don't want to have to come back and not have a guy on their watch list and then that guy plays so well that he's a finalist because they may think it makes them look bad or something. Although I don't know if people really pay attention to that stuff enough to even care um, as far as the watch list goes, but uh, maybe internally that's, that's the conversation. Chris, um, speaking of conversations, we have officially announced our Gamecock central kickoff party. So um, we would love to go ahead. I know we've, didn't we tease the date on here before? I believe we've told people a little bit about it, Um, but it's now official. Come on out. August 20th, still hands brewing. That is uh, in Casey, South Carolina. It's right off of, I think that's exit two off of I-77. Anyway, in the Midlands, great venue. Chris and I had lunch with those folks. uh, What was that, maybe two weeks ago now, Chris? Awesome venue. It's going to be an awesome time. And, Chris, I am hopeful that everybody on our chat here, everybody on the podcast, Gamecock Central subscribers, Gamecock Central non-subscribers. Doesn't matter. If you're a South Carolina fan, we want you at Still Hands Brewing on August 20th. You can be – you can not like our show, which would be weird if you're watching if you don't like it, but we have seen it before. Uh, You cannot like our site. You cannot like Wes. You cannot like me. If you like the Gamecocks, please come. Come hang out with us. it's going to be awesome, man. Like you said, the Steel Hens, we've both been there before, but we got a really, really in-depth look the other day, a couple weeks ago when we went to lunch and kind of got a sense for what this event's going to be like. We're still building it out. We're still adding elements every day working on this thing. Um, indoor, outdoor, music by Patrick Davis. We're going to have special guests. Wes and I will be out there hanging out all day and lots of big stuff that is yet to be announced, but will be. Coming in the future, there will be VIP opportunities if you'd like, but the event itself, if you just want to show up, is absolutely free. And I, I'm stoked about it, man. This this is going to be – I think it's got the potential to be a really, really big party, and it is going to be a blast for sure. Yeah, I, I have personal goals for how many people we may get out there. I'm, I'm not going to jinx it. Okay. Or put it out there and then it under deliver because I, I believe firmly in that you under promise and over deliver to keep people happy. There but you go. I got to say, man, if, if we, I think it's going to be awesome. And if we hit our goals, it is going to be incredible. Um, in, in my opinion, yeah. I'm going to. So for those that are not on the audio version, those that are watching right now on the live version of our show right this second, you should see a link to further details pop up in the comments right now, no matter what platform you're on. So that's a free link. Uh, has more details. We will also be providing more details about these VIP tickets. Um, the The biggest advantage to VIP, Chris, in my opinion, isn't even a monetary thing. It is that it's not even a monetary value thing. It is that you will have a guaranteed spot to sit because, again, it is a free event. This is not a ticketed event. So if you just want to come out, you can come hang out. But obviously, there's only so much room uh, when when you have an event. So VIP, you're going to have a guaranteed area, place to sit. You're going to be a covered area. You're going to have some fans. Um, you're going to have built in a built-in number of drinks. I, we, we haven't Again, we haven't worked all this out. But, I, Chris, I think we're safe to say some of this already. Yeah. You have a built-in number of drinks, special access to a bar. Um, Chris and I will be walking around in that area. Um, food, basically, there you're going to be living the life of luxury if oh, you're in the VIP area. 
So we'll we'll have details on that again. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's going to be a, a cheap ticket. You're it, it's because you're you're going to have a very nice area to hang out with or hang out at, I should say, in the VIP area. But either way, whether you want to go VIP or you want to just come out and hang out, listen to music, listen to our speakers, then that's cool too because we 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 had two options really to make it a completely ticketed event or to do like a freemium event where if anybody wants to just come, maybe they're a more casual fan, not pay up front. That's fine. I think this gives us Chris the best of all worlds, gives everybody options for whatever, whatever they want to do and how they want to do it. And again, 7 PM is the kickoff of the event. That is the start of the event, but we will be out there for most of the day. And I believe I can go ahead and and say this as well because it just got locked in today. 107.5 The Game will be broadcasting live from the event up until that 7 o'clock start. I know for a fact they'll be out there for their 4 o'clock show. Quite possibly will be out there for their shows before that as well. Um, There will be prizes. There will be former Gamecock players at the event. And again, Chris, Patrick Davis and the Midnight Choir. Uh, I'm 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 pumped, man. It's going to be a blast, man. You you just gave such a like I've been involved in planning it. I'm definitely going to be there, and I've been excited. But your your monologue there explaining it all made me even more excited. So if I knew nothing about it, I would definitely be ready to come, and I would be ready to buy a VIP ticket. Not on sale yet. Probably next week. What right, Wes? Is when we're looking at probably launching the VIP ticket sales. Uh. Expect them, I think, Wes, to probably go pretty quickly. So just kind of keep it in mind. Uh, we posted some stuff on the Insiders Forum uh, about VIP tickets already. A lot of people are saying they're going to, hey, put me down for a couple. So they're kind of waitlisting it. So we'll see. Now, Masso 1954, are motels near? Special rates? Yes. I do not have it right now, but we have three different hotels who've graciously helped to sponsor this event. They will have special rates. This afternoon, I'll be posting those on GamecockCentral.com. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, We'll probably put it right in. uh, If you go to the front page of GamecockCentral.com, you'll see the steel hands, you know, the Gamecock Central preseason kickoff party. We'll probably drop those in there. You'll be able to go directly to those links and book at the special rates and we'll post them on the insiders forum and Wes just dropped the link again for the party announcement. So in there at some point this afternoon, I'll be updating it and I'll also put it on social media and stuff. I know a lot of people coming in from out of town are going to be looking for hotels, help us out, help our sponsors out and stay at one of them. Three really good options uh, for hotels that'll have special rates for people at the party. And so, by the way, y'all, if you are a business owner, you're a marketer, um, you work in marketing at a business, we do still have a couple of sponsorship availabilities left. Um, I, you know, I think it's a great opportunity to to get yourself in front of um, hundreds of Gamecock fans out there locally, and obviously, we'll get you some some exposure on our site, on our, you know, on the lead in to the event as well. It's not just for the event. So reach out. I'm Wes at GamecockCentral.com. He is Clark at GamecockCentral.com as far as email addresses. Let me know, and I will send you some sponsorship packages, or Chris will send you some sponsorship packages where you can um, see what is available to you there. But, yeah, hope you're out there. Chris, we promised quarterbacks. Let's dive into quarterbacks. I have a feeling this will remain a conversation at least until the first game. And usually, it just kind of comes with the position. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. It will be discussed through throughout the season, I think. Um, your initial thoughts on the on the roster regarding quarterbacks uh, at South Carolina? Wow, broad question there. <laughs> initial thoughts. 
So I, I do have a couple things that come to mind. Uh, first, you know, unsurprisingly, entering and exiting the spring, Luke Doty was QB1. And I think this is no, you know, huge shock or surprise by us saying this, Wes. And I know I can say us because I know you agree. We've talked about it before. You know, every expectation is that Luke Doty's the starter game one and probably the starter throughout the season, right? I mean, he's he's the guy that has experience, albeit limited. Sometimes I've said half the season and you've come in and said, actually, it's about two and a half games. You know, so you're right. So very, well, actually. <laughs> well, actually, which is good. No, you're right. I mean, he, he played in a handful, you know, two and a half, you know, not a starter for long. And so it's the guy that's got limited experience, but he's got some. And um, has obviously a lot of talent, a lot of the leadership abilities that you look for. Of course, some things that the staff, Marcus Satterfield, really tried to hone in on uh, in the spring and throughout the offseason, mainly related to just, look, we all know Luke Doty has legs, what he can do, and he has natural ability throwing the ball. Very natural thrower, as Marcus Satterfield's pointed out, but just working on running the offense, facilitating the offense, standing in and making those throws. And so – is there work left to do for sure? Uh, but he does have talent and ability. Go beyond that, you know, you don't have experience. Um, Colton Gothier, big kid, big arm, freshman, has a lot of the moxie and the things you look for. Jason Brown, who obviously did a great job at St. Francis and, you know, is still coming along, you know, in that offense, but has some talent. My other main thought, Wes, related to this whole thing, aside from Doty, was earlier, I think it was our man Craig Godwin, who's here like every day on the show, we appreciate him, said something like a uh, hot take, you know, Gothier's QB2, or did he, say, did he say QB1? No, he said QB2. QB2, okay. So I, I get that. I don't think that's a hot take, though, honestly. I mean, I agree. That's where it was exiting spring. So it, it's – and that's not a guess on our part. That's that's really where it was. So I think that, you know, when, when you look at the backup situation, is it still going to be a race? I think so. But Colton Gothier was number two coming out of spring, and, and he could certainly, you know, stay on track to do that as a kid with a lot of talent. Yeah, and I uh, – th- that was a point I was going to make as well. But um, to, to give you the complete rundown – the quarterback's on the roster right now. You have Doty, Gothier, Connor Jordan, Jason Brown, and then Jake Helfrich, who was a walk-on freshman from uh, Providence Day up in short, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina as well. Uh, so that, that's a complete rundown. But yet, Gothier going into the spring game was the number two guy. So I I I think, Chris, that, that did get overlooked quite a bit by people. Like they sort of – I don't know, glossed over that as opposed to acknowledging it because of what they saw from Jason Brown in the spring game. Well, the totality of what happened in the spring had Gothier as the backup. Now, I do I do think that um, Jason Brown coming from a spread offense that was a true spread offense, missing some time at the very beginning of practice, and sort of having to figure out uh, all the little ins and outs of playing in the SEC. I I think it was a difficult transition at first, but I I do think there have been some positive signs this summer. He slimmed down some. Beamer has talked about how how much he has improved in that area, putting in the extra work. Um, I'm not in the sort of category of – some of these people who saw five throws in the spring game or like that guy's the starter, but I'm also not in the like completely give up on Jason Brown category either. I, I think um, there there's obviously some talent here. I, I think it would be an absolute shock though. If anybody other than Luke Doty start assume we always, when we say stuff like this, we're always assuming everybody's healthy. Yeah. If everybody's healthy, I think it's at 95, 90, maybe 99% that Luke Doty is your starter game one going into this season. And 
sometimes, Chris, you see and hear things publicly, and then you hear the other side of it privately when you're around the program. That is not the case here. We hear the same things publicly about the quarterback race, as Beamer has said, uh, or we hear the same things privately, as Beamer has has said publicly. And that is, Doty's the guy, and it's up to someone else to rise to that level. Now, in a perfect world, Doty will keep rising, and the guys that are chasing him will as well. But this is his job to lose, and I don't see him losing it. Yeah, you know, and it's, and it's not popular, you know, going back to the backup thing. I don't know if it's popular or whatever the word is nowadays to kind of keep a level head about it and not say, you know, based on the spring game throws that Jason Brown not only should be the number two starter, but should be or the number two quarterback, but should be the starter based on just the spring game. Let me throw out all the other, what, 14 practices, everything else that nobody saw. Nobody saw it. Not even us. The coaching staff and the players were the only people that saw it. Basing it just on that, you know, you, you can't you can't do that. You know, you can't say that. You got to base it on the totality of everything. We, we've even, I mean, Wes, and, and it's okay. That that's what we're here for. People have even argued with us. Said Jason Brown is is the coaching staff has already said privately he'll be the starter. Like that's been a take, and it's just to clear that up. No, that's not the case. The expectation, again, is that Luke Doty will be the starter. There's no conspiracy or anything behind it. That's just where it is. Now, I'll also say, to echo your point, Jason Brown's a kid that there's still a a good bit to like, you know, and and we're probably thinking a little bit more in terms of QB2, that battle between Gothier and Jason Brown. But that could still end up being close at the end of the day just because you look at Brown. He has a track record. It's in a different type of offense. It's at a different level. But he does have some things like, like you said, trim down this offseason, has a quick release, has arm talent. That's there, right? But I feel like so many people uh, got caught up in Jason Brown, and, and that's fine. It's nothing wrong. But based on that spring game and based on some things he did at St. Francis that they kind of forgot about Colton Gothier and kind of disregarded, well, he, he probably can't really be the backup. You know, um, that's not really fair to Colt because – the coaching staff really likes him. He's a big 6'4 kid with, with moxie and smarts who's pretty athletic and has a big arm, big, big live arm. And he also did some things during the spring that earned him, you know, that designation. So it's kind of like you said, what what is what the depth chart is kind of publicly and what we've heard and what has been portrayed by Shane Beamer publicly is where things are privately too. Chris, so um, let's look ahead to the future of the position. That's one thing I think we're going to try to do with all these. Talking present, then we'll push it forward real quickly to the future. I mean, with quarterbacks, it's very hard to go too far into the future because if you start getting ahead of yourselves, you you always will have transfers, right? So because if you you look at the quarterback position in college football today, Everybody brings in one per class, sometimes two. And then, you know, you you can't you just can't project it three or four years down the road because there there is roster turnover at that position more than any other position. But important to note with, with these guys right now, I'll just go through the scholarship guys. Gody listed as a sophomore, technically has four years of eligibility left. Gothier is a freshman, so he has four years of eligibility left. Jason Brown, listed as a senior, technically has two years left. So, um, you know, I, I think you look and th- there's there's plenty of years left. If, you know, if, if, Do- if Doty just takes the bull by the horns and is clearly the best guy for this entire year, that puts him in a great position and the team in a great position moving forward. Now, you know, Jason Brown, it's not if he doesn't start this year, that doesn't mean it's over for him because he does have another year of eligibility and maybe a year getting comfortable is a is a good case for him, is a is a 
is maybe a best case for him. And then Colton, here he's the guy that I think you look at long-term. With young quarterbacks, you always talk about upside, right? But I, I think the people at South Carolina have been very impressed with the upside of Colton. And I, I just I think there's something about the swagger that he sort of brings to that position as well. That you you I I feel like this kid has a bright future, and I'm I'm sort of excited to see how quickly he inserts himself when you start to look, you know, year two, year three down the road as far as he is concerned. Yeah, it's a good point on Colt. It kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier and that people have kind of forgotten about him. And I th- I don't know that that would have been the case. Like if South, if South Carolina had Luke Doty and let's say they would have brought in, they technically did bring in two quarterbacks in this past class, right? But if it was just two freshmen, if they'd signed Colton Gothier out of Georgia in the 2021 class and they'd signed, what was that fake name you used earlier, Wes? Jimmy Smith, I can't remember. Some some other quarterback from from high school, I don't know that you know people would probably be talking about Gothier a lot more. I think there was a little bit of an assumption when Jason Brown uh, signed with South Carolina as a transfer that either a they were bringing him in to start, or that b he was automatically going to kind of be inserted as the backup to Luke Doty. And there were there are valid reasons to you know maybe just think either of those things kind of off the top of your head without diving into it. Uh, but look, if he would have come in and this spring just outright won the job and was the best guy, he might have exited spring as the starter. Or maybe there would have been more of a quarterback battle, but that didn't happen. And I think that kind of goes back to uh, Chad Godwin from Facebook asked, "Don't see how we don't have Brown as top two? Something us fans don't know." And I would say just in a real respectful way, whether it's fans or media, yeah, there are things that we all don't know because we don't observe practice on a daily basis. You know, we, we don't, we don't see practice. We don't grade the tape. All that we have all seen collectively fans, media is a spring game in which there's a lot of different matchups going on. Uh, the, the team had tons of guys out in that game So people aren't really paying attention to that touchdown was thrown against a walk on DB or whatever it may be. So, yeah, there are things that we that we don't know. And so I think part of it is Jason Brown's status is a guy that a transferred B. He came from a place where he'd had success and then they're not being kind of a proven commodity on the roster. By that, I mean a a multi-year starter. You know, if Luke Doty was a senior, we wouldn't be talking about any of this stuff, I don't think. So all that kind of opened the door. But what you have to do is kind of back up and say, hey, what what do we hear? What what are the co- what are the coaches saying publicly? And then does that match up privately? In this case, it does. All right, Chris. So coming in after that, Braden Davis. Um, after that, South Carolina heavy after what? Dylan Lonergan, heavy after um, you know, a couple of other guys in that class. Where I mean, I I think you're always looking ahead at that position. We we got to see Braden Davis throw at South Carolina's camp um, in middle of June, I guess was when he was there and throwing. I I I actually thought he was better as a passer in that setting than I maybe anticipated. Um, you know, rivals dropped Braden Davis from a four star to a three star. My assumption is based on some camp performances. So I didn't know what to expect. We knew he was a big kid, big upside, great athlete, great kid, great worker, all those things. I didn't quite know what to expect from him as a passer. I thought he delivered the ball pretty well. Now, I I think it will be important if if you sort of look at the future of the position, you have to keep adding on. When it comes to 2023, um, you know, can can you go out? Can you can you add on? Can you keep stacking that room with more talented guys? But um, your your thoughts on on Braden Davis and then that position moving forward? Yeah, so Davis, a really he's an interesting prospect, and 
to go back to what you said, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect with him throwing the football because of some things that we had heard and observed. And I still think it's a valid point. He's not a finished product as a passer. Um, but he, he was good that day in camp that, that we saw. Big kid, delivered the ball well. I thought he threw it with accuracy, touch. Um, obviously, he's physically impressive with his size. And one thing that we have not seen a lot in high school on film it's going to be a bigger point of emphasis for this year is he runs. I mean, he, he can run um, from a physical standpoint. He's a, he's a, you know, like a higher four or five guy as far as his just straight line speed. And talking to his high school coach earlier this year after he committed, he made a point to say, hey, we're going to encourage Braden to run a little bit more because particularly playing up in Delaware, uh, his, I can say, I can repeat this because his own coach said, he said, there's not many guys in the state that are going to be able to tackle him a big six five kid that can run in open field. So uh, you look at the physical tools and the mental makeup, a lot of things to like about Braden Davis. I, I think it's going to be important in South Carolina. Hopefully for them will be in this position to where you can bring in Davis and not have him have to hit the field in year one where you can bring him along. But from a tools standpoint, there's still a good bit of potential there. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, um, you start looking ahead past that. Like I said, Dylan Lonergan, probably a top target for a lot of people. I, I think nationally, there is a sweepstakes here in the Arch Manning sweepstakes that actually probably has a little bit of a domino effect or a trickle-down effect on the rest of these top guys, potentially. But from what we understand, South Carolina – 100% in it with Dylan Lonergan. I would expect him to probably be at a game this year, take in the atmosphere, get another look at the program, had a really good look at the program in June when he took an unofficial visit. Right now, he he's way up there, though. This is one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Then I think you look more from a local standpoint. Carson Black has taken multiple visits now, is very interested in the program, and um, – Received a ton of attention from Marcus Satterfield on um, on his visits as well. So if we're looking ahead, it's it's not just those two guys by any means. But for 2023, those are the two guys I think probably we should be talking about the most right now. Unless, Chris, there's just somebody I'm not thinking about. Yeah, definitely others on the board that South Carolina is going to monitor. Even some guys that had picked up offers in the past, some some of them previous staff, that, you know, the staff will monitor. But those are the main two in terms of just mutual interests. As you said, Carson Black, there's been a lot of involvement there. In-state kid, he was back on campus seven on seven. We got a, a good look at him that day, Wes, and he had, I thought, a, a pretty nice performance that day. Also saw, saw Dylan Lonergan out of Georgia in camp. Back in June, really talented baseball player. Also, you mentioned the Arch Manning angle. And interestingly, obviously, Ole Miss is one of the programs, especially with the, the family tie there, you know, vying for Arch Manning. And like you said, that that's, a, that's one of those kind of dominoes that could set some other things into motion. There's other guys across the country that applies to, too. But Dylan Lonergan actually told me uh, – couple days ago that he might go visit Ole Miss before this dead period's up in July. So a little bit of carryover there, Ole Miss program that he's also looking at. And then North Carolina's, you know, another one that's been pretty involved with him. But Gamecock's definitely in it. Uh, Eric Kimry, you know, recruits that area, has done a good job. Marcus Satterfield heavily involved. And they're heavily in it there. So those are, I would agree, main two to watch there. Yeah, you go out even farther. Obviously, some in-state guys. You know I'm huge on Jaden Bradford at Chapin, class of 2024. We'll continue to monitor him. But, um, yeah, that's that's quarterbacks. That's our breakdown. That's our thoughts. I'm sure we'll be talking quarterbacks on Gamecock Central, on GC Live for – I mean, quarterback conversation never really stops, does it? But that's, again, our breakdown. And, as always, that breakdown brought to you by Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, 803-771-6933. All right, let's move forward, Chris. We did have a super chat here from Greg Lee, throwing in the 999. Um, I love how people on super chats 
is it set up with different prices or do you just put it in? Because I think it's funny when people do like the 999 trick, isn't that psychologically why places put 999 to make you think you're not spending $10 on something? Or I know obviously businesses do 999, 998, 997, whatever. Um, I don't know if that's like a set thing or Greg just picked that, but it is interesting. Greg's question of the freshman wide receivers on the roster last season. So you're you're down to two there, obviously, Mike Wyman, transfer portal. So you're talking what, Jakari Caldwell and Rico Powers. Who have you heard good things on and who do you expect in the mix this season? I'll be honest, haven't heard them haven't heard much lately about those guys, Chris, uh, as far as specifically anyone singling them out. I heard a lot about both of them going into last year. Both of them got on the field. Both of them played some snaps. It was sort of a little bit back and forth as far as who was ahead of who, I feel like, last year. But, yeah, I mean, you'd really love for one or two of those guys to uh, to step up at some point. Yeah, definitely. And, and you're right. It has been a little bit more quiet on those guys, and I think we'll learn more about them in preseason. I will answer a part of the question, though. Who do you expect to be in the mix? Everybody. Everybody at receiver, seriously, not, you know, is going to be in the mix because that's still an area that, in which South Carolina is searching for some guys. You know, they they were not among – there were a few kind of this core group of guys, West coming out of spring that we heard the most about at receiver, and that was, you know, DeCarion De Joyner, Jalen Brooks, and then Josh Van as a guy that, you know, the last couple weeks of spring especially kind of came on. And so that would certainly be a positive if they continued that and carried it over. Beyond that, it was kind of like you like you said earlier, the numbers aren't a huge issue receiver because from a scholarship standpoint and even guys that have some talent that have just been derailed for whatever reason, mainly injuries on a lot of these guys, um, there's a large group of guys that are all kind of vying for time. And so I think as time goes on, you know, the best ones will rise up, especially in preseason camp. And I think with Caldwell and, and Powers, they're, they're two different types of receivers. But both guys do have some ability. So not a ton of specifics yet as to where they are in the pecking order. But I think we'll, we'll certainly learn more about that in preseason. Yeah, no doubt. I, um, and and I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, dude, that we're able to get out there and, and see a little bit of it. That's something we have not been told. There was a question earlier. Let me see if I can go back and find it. Uh, always trying to pay attention to these things. Um, God, where was it? It was about when the coaches would be available, Chris. You remember that one? I, I did see that one. I there it is. I got it. Uh, Patrick Bowen. By the way, shout out to Patrick. I understand this is his birthday week, Chris. So shout out to Patrick. Early happy birthday to him. He is a loyal um, listener and watcher here on GC Live. Um, we don't know exactly when the coaches will be available as far as during spring practice. But actually, the first ever Beamer golf tournament, Chris, is today is Wednesday. So it is tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's right. I believe. And from what I understand, a bunch of the assistants will be available to speak um, around noon tomorrow. So Beamer is going to have a formal press conference. Some of the other guys will be talking. And, um, and, and yeah, so that, that'll be your next opportunity to hear from the assistant coaches. So tomorrow might actually be a decently newsworthy type day as far as maybe hearing who are some guys that the coaches have been impressed with, who's gone above and beyond. Um, I don't know about specifics we'll be looking out for, but a decent chance you get some, some news tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be a good opportunity. Cool, cool move by Shane Beamer to reinstitute kind of the, the media golf tournament thing. Uh, Wes and I will not be swinging, a single club tomorrow. Thank the Lord uh, for everyone. I'll speak for me. You've told me you're terrible at golf. Um, I haven't ever seen it. Trust me that that is not my bag, not my cup of tea. Colin representing Gamecock Central out there though. Colin is, I'm a little, I'm a little worried uh, about, uh, about his performance, but I, I, I have seen the lineups. um, And so especially there, obviously there's some guys like Matt Neesmith, there's some very good golfers in there. A lot of the coaches are very good golfers, from my understanding. Uh, I would wager that most of the media 
are somewhere between below average to absolutely awful at golf. And so I think even though Colin, I'm not anticipating a great performance for him, but I think he'll acquit himself just fine relative to his, our other counterparts in the media. So it'll be good. Uh, But, but a cool move to reinstitute that. And when we do have the full schedule, a lot of people have asked not only about the media schedule, but just the practice schedule, the full schedule and Hey, will fans get to see any, we'll let everybody know that uh, as soon as we have it, but we do not have a full schedule yet. By the way, Wes, before we move on to the next thing, I dropped a link in the chat on YouTube and Facebook. It looks like it for some reason didn't go through well on, on Twitter, on Periscope, but Facebook and YouTube, I posted a link to special discounted hotel rates at not one, not two, but three preferred hotels. If you're coming in town for the kickoff party on August 20th, definitely check that out. Get a special group rate from our friends um, at three different Marriott properties. Take your pick and stay at one of those for the party. It's at Steel Hands. That means you could have some Steel Hands brew, find yourself a hotel, be safe, and stay in town. Yeah, and uh, Chris, I would also just go ahead and maybe push people to Uber on out there. Uber out there, go hang out at the hotel. Um, There will... I believe be a shuttle to the um, extra parking, but our, our hope is that Gamecock nation comes out in such force for this party that we start running out of room to park. Yep. But I know that's annoying for people who are coming out there. So Uber, if you can stay at the hotel, if you're from out of town, just Uber in if you're from in town as well. But if you if that's not an option and you don't want to do it, um, <laughs> is alcohol available? Is that still hands brewing? <laughs> I hope they they I dare say there's more alcohol inv- available at this facility than probably about any facility in the Midlands. Um, Fifteen thousand square foot space. Um, to be exact, with on-site brewing. So, yeah, still hands brewing. That's what the brewing part means. Um, Matt, Massa, you got to read the the release, man. Hit hit the link. We got all the information in there. It could have been coffee or tea, a big tea brewery. Okay, yeah, may, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, all right, I completely lost my train of thought on that. Yeah. What are we talking about, Chris? Ubering. We're talking about Ubering. Yeah, Uber out there. If there is going to be extra parking that you can park there, and then there's a shuttle that just runs back and forth at all times. So we will we'll make it work. We'll have room. And Wes, one more note when you're talking about shuttles. I can't speak for the other two, but the courtyard Marriott on assembly is one of the hotels in our special group rate. They run a shuttle. I can't swear to the times that it runs, but they run a shuttle from their own shuttle from the hotel to locations in town. So if you book there, or if you want to call before you book, check on their shuttle when it might run on August 20th. And they can probably also run you back and forth or at least run you there. uh, If you want to stay super late past the time the shuttle runs. So check, check with them, but check out those hotels. Yeah. Run you there in the Uber back. Um, Chad Godwin. I don't know why you're hitting the sad button on, on Facebook. We had all positive reactions until something we just said, and Chad hit the crying face. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Anyway, that's about going to do it for this show, but let, let's finish with something fun. Chris, a, a topic of discussion has arisen on Twitter. Imagine that. Among the Gamecock Twitterers, and... Chuck Hendricks, excuse me, Chuck Hendricks on Twitter says Texas and Oklahoma asking to join the SEC and Gamecock Twitter is over here like the slaw go on barbecue sandwiches or not. This was started by our friend Mike Yuva, who um, believes slaw does not go on barbecue sandwiches or as 
our good buddy Mike says goes on pulled pork sandwiches. Um, Chris, slaw on a barbecue sandwich, yay or nay. And all commenters right now, <laughs> yay or nay on slaw on your sandwich. I got, so I have several thoughts. First of all, I got distracted by the fact. So I'm assuming because Mike calls it pulled pork, does he call a grill a barbecue? I'm guessing. Uh, or like, or if he, <laughs> I bet you he does. And if you go to somebody's house, like if I invited you over, hey, Wes, we're going to grill some burgers, like he would probably call that a barbecue, like come over to my barbecue. Probably. I'm going to put these burgers on the barbecue. That's, yeah, we got a lot of no's. So, so I'm a no on the slaw just because when it comes to my preference, I'm not putting slaw on my pulled pork. Um, I don't think you need anything. Uh, I might slip some pickles on there. Maybe I, I don't, if it's good, you don't need anything. I, I take slaw on the side, but if you want to put slaw on the barbecue sandwich, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. So if you make me say, I also say no, but I'm not personally offended by it. Okay. I dig it. I respect it. Um, okay. And I, I will, I'll tell you this. There, there are two people that have the correct answer out of all these people. Okay. And it's actually our, our old buddy Masso and Tim on Twitter. And their answer was, if the slaw is worthy, or as Tim said, the correct slaw, the right kind of slaw. In my opinion, a barbecue sandwich, if it's really good barbecue and the right sauce, is perfectly good without slaw. Yeah. But some restaurants design the whole flavor profile to where slaw is supposed to go on it. Like you can't just take any barbecue sandwich and any old slaw and throw it together. But if it was designed to have the slaw on it to where it's like the type of slaw that goes with that type of barbecue, absolutely yes. I would love some slaw on there if it's good slaw because slaw is one of those things. The, the distance between great slaw and bad slaw is a very big difference. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, some things like macaroni and cheese, really hard to mess it up. Like, I'll pretty much, dude, I grew up I grew up eating craft macaroni and cheese. And that stuff, as a kid, it still tastes pretty good. Like, the distance between great mac and cheese and just regular old mac and cheese, you're still, you're still sitting pretty. Great slaw, way up here. Bad slaw, no. I'm out. Don't need it. And that probably, if, if you haven't had that sandwich before, the safe bet is probably to get the slaw on the side and then give yourself the option, if you like it, put the slaw on there. Yeah, would be my take. Very thorough breakdown. I agree. And I think you even you can really get into the weeds and talk about not only the taste of the slaw, but how is it cut? How much moisture are you toasting your bun? Because you might have a fine, you know, if you put the slaw on your sandwich and you have not toasted your bun, now your sandwich is slop is soggy and that's no good. So I, I I'm good. I've done slaw on the sandwich. I typically do not do slaw on the barbecue sandwich. But the, the thing I feel strongly about is a grill is a grill, a cookout or whatever, it's not a barbecue, and a grill is not a barbecue. So we'll get an answer to that. That should be the bigger topic of conversation. Yes, Vince says the more we say the word slaw, the less appealing it sounds. Fair point. I'll give you that. Uh, good point, Vince. All right, final thought here. Be on the lookout on our Twitter page. That is at Gamecock Central. I'm still working. I, I don't know yet if this is – I would just post the numbers on the podcast right now, but I don't know if it's set up yet. So be on the lookout, Chris. Text to win. We um, we're actually starting a Gamecock Central news text alert system again, and we're doing some text to win stuff. So be on the lookout on Twitter. 
we're going to give away a $25 gift card to one lucky person who's, who signs up for the text. Um, and you don't actually have to sign up for the text to win. You enter the contest. And then I believe in theory, we're going to send you another message that says, do you want to be part of our breaking news alerts? You can say yes, or you can just not respond. But we're going to give away a $25 gift card, the Grand on Main, great spot, cool venue. Um, they they have bowling there. They have games. They have a bar. They have sit-down you know, sit, seating and food and all that stuff. So $25 gift card to the Grand. Uh, be on the lookout. Twitter is at Gamecock Central. Hoping to post that here very, very soon. But uh, for Chris, I'm Wes. That's GC Live. And we'll see you all very soon. I wanted a career in which everything would matter. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American. Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit CIA.gov careers to learn more and apply.